Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving. Welcome once again to Bethesda Church, and also happy Palm Sunday to each of you. Um, we're excited to start a brand new series today that we are, we are calling Empty. Everybody just say that real quick. Say Empty. Empty. Uh, since this is tied around Easter, uh, we want you to know that the tomb is empty so that your life can be full. Uh, that's a powerful statement. Jesus came to give us life, to give it to us more abundantly But if we're honest today, many of us would not be able to admit that we are living the full life. We're carrying so many things from family issues to job stresses to health problems, financial struggles, maybe even relationship strains on us that we are carrying. And the result is is that we're carrying so many things that it has left us personally empty. Um, how many of you have ever pulled, like in your vehicle, you pulled a boat or a camper, or maybe you, you hauled a, a, a truckload of wood? Like, you, you know how that is. When, when you are carrying more weight, you know that your gas mileage changes drastically, right? That, that the, uh, it, it will move from full to empty quickly if you keep adding to the load. Uh, The point is, is that the heavier the load you are carrying, the faster you run out of gas. And some of you are here today, and the truth is you're, you're out of gas. You're empty. You're not living life to the full. So I want to call this message simply how to lighten your load. Some of y'all could use that, amen? Uh, Some of us like, more ways than one, pastor, more ways than one. I need to lighten my load. Um, And I'm excited about this because... Jesus gives us the prescription to a heart that is overloaded. He gives us the antidote to stress and anxiety and all the things that weigh us down that cause us to live empty lives. But before we get to that, um, some of you, I want to say it like this, some of you can't even remember the last time you felt refreshed, the last time you felt rested. Others of you have been overloaded and empty for years. Some of us, the, the, the thing is, is we just have too many responsibilities, too many expectations, uh, too many decisions that we feel that we need to make. We run from place to place, all in our attempt to keep everything moving the way it needs to be moving. And for some, we can sleep at night and we still wake up not feeling rested. In the Bible, there's a guy who went through a season like this, and his name was Job. Look at what Job said about his own life. This is what he said. He said, if my misery could be weighed, and if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales, it would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder I'm screaming like a caged cat? Now, I look at that last line. You thought your husband was just in there doing something silly. He's just stressed out. That's why he sounds like a caged cat. Job says not only was he carrying a load, look at what he said about the load. He said, if you could pile the whole bitter load. 
And here's what I've learned. When we refuse to lay some things down, when we refuse to take God's medicine as it relates to stress management and being overloaded and feeling empty, the load that we, we carry, we can do it for a long time, but, it, but if we don't eventually lay it down and receive rest, the load we are carrying becomes a bitter load. See, the good news is that Jesus has summarized for us some secrets in three sentences of stress management, the things that leave us empty. All the books, all the seminars, all the tapes, uh, all the pills you could take won't give you what you're looking for, but it is found in Jesus. And I want to say this, and I, I don't, I don't want to seem presumptuous, but here, here's what I want to tell you. If you will get what we're talking about today, it will change your life. And, and I don't say that lightly. It will change your life. I cannot control the circumstances you will face this coming week. I cannot, you know, go and, and fix everything for you. But I do know that we can have God's peace and God's rest and live the full life even when circumstances are not in our favor. All right, now let's go to the Word. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads. Now, I put it in here. I want you to see this. All you, um, and I will give you more to do. How many know that's not what he says? He doesn't say, all you who are tired and worn out, come to me and I'm going to give you more to do. That's, that's not what he says. He says, I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And this is very important. Jesus said, because I'm gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls, for the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. Three words you need to circle in that text. The words are come, take, and learn. That's what we're going to hit today. Point number one, if you're empty today, come to Jesus. Now that sounds like, well, pastors, this, you know, we're not in kids' church. But you'd be surprised at how many adults are stressed out living empty lives. They're stressed in their home. They're stressed in their money. They're stressed in their health. They, they're not living life to the full, and they refuse to come to Jesus for the rest that they need. So many of us try to keep carrying the load. We, we're going to make it happen. We'll, we'll eventually turn it around, but Jesus says, the first thing he says is, I want you to come to me. Now, a lot of us, we will come to Jesus if we have a question. We'll come to Jesus if we need a healing. We'll come to Jesus if we're praying for a friend, but most of us do not turn to Jesus when we're tired and empty. Most of us try to figure it out, but Jesus says, I want you to come to me for the rest that you need. Um, we come to him for so many things, and why we don't come to him for this one thing, I'll never really figure out. I'm as guilty as anyone else when we're stressed out to try to bear up under that load and, and just carry it. But Jesus says, when you feel that way, I want you to be intentional in bringing that to me. I want you to come to me first, not as the last result. And the rest that he wants to give you, this is not... Uh, a normal kind. This is a special kind of rest. It is a rest for your soul. And, and it's a deep kind of rest because you, you can make it if you're tired physically, but if you stay tired 
and worn out in your soul for a long period of time, you're going to go nuts. You are going to throw in the towel. You're going to give up. You have to be able to find rest, not just for your physical. That's why some of you can sleep eight hours and wake up tired because we're not talking about a physical rest. We're talking about a soul rest. And and you need to know that the biggest source of stress in your life is not worn out muscles. Some of y'all could use to exercise those bad boys a little bit. Come on, don't look at your neighbor and tell him you've gotten flabby. That's not the rest I'm talking about. Come on, church. Y'all, i got to keep you in this, all right? That's not what I'm talking about. It's not from, you know, overextending the physical body that we're worn out. It's about the soul. The issue, listen to me, the issue is a tired mind. Man, it, it's, it's anxiety. It's fear. It's carrying the same relationship struggle in your mind for three years. It becomes a burden that you are carrying, and no matter how much, and and, and let me ask you a personal question. What do you do to unwind? Some of us, to unwind, we maybe watch a movie, go on a Netflix binge, or we go play basketball or golf. Some of the ladies, they go shopping, and some of us, we just want to take a nap. Well, I have four kids, so napping's not an option. And, and, and here's what I would say to you. All those things are wonderful. Like, I would, I would tell you, go do those things that you enjoy doing. Take a nap if you have the luxury of taking a nap. But you can take all the naps in the world, and it will not de-stress you in the soul region. It'll rest your body, but it won't rest your spirit or your soul. There's only one person that can give you rest, and we know that that is Jesus Look at what God says in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 and 31. He says, he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. So the antidote to your overloaded soul is to wait on God. What does that mean? He's he's actually telling us if you're stressed out, the answer is not a plan. The answer is not a purpose. It's not a priority, it's not a program, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's not a pill, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. God says when we're overloaded, the best place to turn is to me. What does that mean? It means that more than anything else, when you are overloaded, I want you to get this point, what you need more than anything is time alone with God. Nothing will refresh your soul. And this is awesome. We need to come and do the corporate thing. We need to gather together in small groups. We, we know there's power and strength in numbers. But when you are tired in your soul, you have to find your quiet place. He says, those who wait upon me, it's dual meaning. The first meaning of that word wait means to serve as, as in to wait on tables. Like you serve God through the pain, the struggle, the stress. You, you serve God. But there is a secondary meaning that means to sit in God's presence and be quiet. Now this is, this is where the rubber meets the road because when we go into God's presence, most of us think, 
well, I need to read the Bible here, and I need to pray here. And, and before you throw anything at me and say that I said that we shouldn't pray and read our Bible, I want you to know you should pray, you should read your Bible, but there are times when you need to sit in God's presence and not read and not pray. Just sit. That's what the word means. Sit in his presence quietly. It means that there's no striving there's no trying to make something better. When you're tired and worn out, what got you there is all the striving. That's the reason you're in the mess that you're in. That's the reason why your life feels empty. It's because you've worn yourself out trying to make it happen. So God says there are times when I want you to sit in my presence and don't be nervous because it's quiet. We don't like quiet anymore because we always got a TV on in the background. We got the cell phone music playing in the background. There's always, I got four kids playing in the background. Come on, somebody. We always have noise. Listen, always have noise. And so when things get quiet, we get nervous. Like, if I were to stop speaking right now for the next five minutes and just stare at y'all, <laughs> it'd make you nervous. Like, what's wrong with Pastor today? It got weird in there. We don't do silence very well. We're, we, we don't do this whole be quiet thing very well. Matthew 6 and 6, though, says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just sit there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. And that's so powerful. Some of us have never done that. We've never just sat in God's presence. For others, the truth is it's been a long time since we've done that. Just to sit in God's presence over and over in the Bible, God says, when you're tired, when you're worn out, when you feel empty, I want you to come to me. And, and one of the things that we do when we come to God is to simply sit in his presence. Look at what Romans 8.15 says. It says, the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves. All right? I got in parentheses here. You don't have to be afraid of God like a master. All right? So God's spirit doesn't make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the spirit makes you God's children. And by the spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. If you're running on empty this weekend, the first thing I would tell you is come to Jesus. The second thing I would tell you is, and this is a little more difficult, give up control. Come on, ask your neighbor, are you a control freak? Wrong neighbor, find a new one. Come on. Are you a control freak? Look at these verses. Look at Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Check this out. This was our text. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, take my yoke upon you. All right, that's Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 from the NIV. Look at Matthew eleven thirty 30 from the NIV. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Everybody say easy. All right, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And then look at the NLT, same verse. Jesus says, for my yoke fits perfectly. Now, this is powerful because step one, we come to Jesus. Step two, we give up control. And it's important because when you are on overload, when you are stressed out, when you are empty, the problem is, is you're trying to control too many things. You'll never admit to that. But the problem is you are trying to control 
too many. You actually think that the world and everything in it depends on you. If it's to be, bless God, it's up to me. I've got to hold it all together. Man, you must be really, really important. Well, excuse me, um, general manager of the universe, you can resign and it won't fall apart. You, you, you're not that, hit your neighbor and say, you're not that important. Jesus loves you, you're just not that important. I'm trying to be nice, but we have to give up control. When we want control, listen, when, the more control you want, the more stressed you'll live. And this kills people because, man, we were so used to controlling things, and then we come to Jesus and we give our life up for his life, and, and he says, I got this taken care of, and then instead of letting him take, it, take care of it, we want to put our hands back on it. How many things have we prayed, God, take the wheel? We sing Carrie's song till we're blood red in the face. Take the wheel, Jesus. And, and, and about the time he takes the wheel, we go and we take it back. We take back control of our own lives. And the greater your need to control, the more stressed you're going to be in life. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Well, Pastor, that's not my issue. I'm not a control person. I married one, but I'm not one. Um, <laughs> Listen, the truth is, let's, just, let's be real honest. Everybody is a control person. Some people are more overt and blatant, and they're going to dominate everything in their path and run you over, and everybody knows that's a control freak. But the rest of us, we're sneaky control people. <laughs> like, we don't have to raise our voice. We don't have to pound the table. We just start working behind the scenes, and we manipulate everything in our power. And we still, I have never met a person that didn't want to control the outcomes of their own life. We all want control. And it's tough because Jesus says, I want you to give it up. I want you to put your life in my hands. Jesus says, come to me, those of you with heavy loads, I'll give you rest. Then he says, I want you to take my yoke and put it on you. Now this is the part that we struggle with because we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus, that doesn't sound so relaxing. I'm stressed out, and now you want me to put something else on. And, and the reason we don't, we don't really get this and walk in this is because we don't understand, and we shouldn't. We, we were not raised on a farm, but some of us just need to be informed today that the yoke that he's talking about is not the yellow part of the egg. The, a yoke that Jesus is referring to was a single piece of wood that would bring two farm animals together. And when the two farm animals came together, they would share the load. It was 50-50 so that one animal did not have to pull the entire weight, the, the entire load, all by themselves. And so Jesus said, I want you to take my yoke upon you. Now, a couple of symbols for the yoke. The first symbol of the yoke that Jesus said, take my yoke and put it on you, it's a symbol of partnership. And, and what I mean by that is Jesus is saying, I know you're stressed out, but I never meant for you to carry all that by yourself in the first place. I, I never intended for you to carry your financial problems by yourself your health problems by yourself, your marriage issues by yourself. I never intended for you to carry that by yourself. 
I want you to take my yoke upon you. Now, this is the cool part because when we partner with Jesus in carrying the weight that we are under, we're not exchanging like we're giving him our weight and he's giving us his weight. That's not what he's talking about. God don't have any weight on him. And listen, he's not carrying, listen, he's not carrying any burdens. So God's saying, put my yoke on you and transfer all your garbage unto me. My back's stronger than yours, and I'm not going to add any. That's why Jesus said that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't want you to carry that any longer by yourself. What are you carrying today that God has invited you to let go of? What is it that you brought into this place today that has robbed you of peace and robbed you of sleep at night because it's not a physical rest you're really looking for? It's a spiritual rest. It's a soul rest. It's, it's being tired in your mind. I've worked, I've worked like some of y'all, I know you're going to say I don't believe him. Um, but I, I'm going to go ahead and inform you, I have worked manual labor jobs. I knew you would laugh. I'm not going to go into detail. I have worked manual. I, I ran a grinder one time in a machine shop for 16 straight hours. <laughs> Literally for three days, my arms were shaking after that one shift. And I'll be honest with you, the, the tired that I got from that was real, but some sleep and rest, I recovered. I have worked jobs like pastoring a church this size and the weight of it mentally, if you don't learn to put it on Jesus, you're going to stay tired. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're, listen, mental things are, are, they exceed physical things. We don't always understand it. We can't explain it, but there's something about a tired mind. There's something about a soul that cannot find rest. And Jesus has given us an invitation when we're in that season of life where, where we're empty. He says, I want you to bring it to me. Take my yoke on you and, and, and know that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Stress, I want you to get this, stress should be a warning light to you that something is off. If your yoke is not easy and your burden is not light, it means that you're pulling it by yourself. You're pulling the load by yourself if you feel that way. Every time we get detached, every time we get disconnected from Jesus, our stress level goes up. Every time we're not yoked up with him, we're going to have more stress in our life. So a yoke is a symbol of partnership but it's also a symbol of control. Farmers, um, they would yoke those animals up so that the two animals under one yoke would move in the same direction at the same time and at the same pace. That's why they yoked them together. Like one animal couldn't run ahead, one animal couldn't fall behind. They had to move in step with one another if they were going to disperse the weight. Does that make sense? That's why they would yoke them together. 
See, if you're connected to Jesus and you are allowing him to put his yoke on you, he knows exactly where you're supposed to be in life. He knows exactly where you're supposed to go, when you're supposed to get there, what you're supposed to accomplish. He shaped you. He formed you. He knows what, how you're wired. He knows your personality. He knows all of that. And when you put his yoke on you, it keeps you from falling in a ditch. That's, what it, that's really what happens. And, and so what happens is, look at Psalm 55 and 2. He said, pile your troubles on God's shoulders, and he'll carry your load and help you out. See, when, I, when I'm yoked with Christ, we move together in the same direction at the same pace. The truth is, all of us are yoked to something. Even if we're not yoked to Jesus, we're yoked to something. Some of us, we are yoked to our job. We're yoked to it. Some of us, we're yoked to making more money. We're yoked to selfish desires, yoked to things that it's not taking weight off, it's actually putting more weight on. We're all yoked to different things, and, and, and here's the thing I don't understand. Why don't we accept the invitation that Jesus gave to take his yoke? He says, I will shoulder the burden. I will keep you from ending up in that place of unrest, that place of feeling empty. I guess Bob Dylan said it best, you're going to have to serve somebody, right? You're going to have to serve, every person is yoked to something. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, get yoked to Jesus. The actual word, when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and, and, and my burden light, the actual word, the, the best translation is, his yoke fits us perfectly. For 30 years, you have to understand, Jesus was raised in a carpenter shop. And carpenters in that day, they didn't really build houses as much as they would build small pieces of furniture and farm tools, things that farmers would use. So it's not beyond the stretch to believe that Jesus had actually made some yokes living in a carpenter's house. But a good yoke maker, what they would do is they would go to the animal that the farmer wanted yoked, and they would measure that animal so that they could design a yoke that would fit perfectly on that animal, not to cause bruising or, or scraping the animal, but that yoke would actually fit the animal perfectly. And, and here's what some of you need to know. God's yoke for your life fits you perfectly. He knows how you're wired, he knows your personality, and his yoke fits you perfectly. How many know, God even knows what we can handle. He knows what we can handle, he knows what, he knows what will make you go nuts. He knows all that. His yoke, though, fits perfectly. And, and in a world as fast-paced as this world is, we have financial yokes, relationship yokes, Work yokes, I was going to say the yoke's on you, but that's kind of carny or corny preacher language. Um, but we're yoked up to all kinds of stuff. And Jesus said, I, I don't want you to be yoked up to all of that. And I don't want you to believe the lie, because this is the lie we believe. We think the antidote to stress is escape. If I could just escape. 
Why do you think people commit suicide? Escape. I'll get out of here. We think, if I could just have another vacation. Oh, pastor, if I could just go to Tahiti for two weeks. The problem with Tahiti is you still got to take you, and you're the problem. So you can sit up in West Virginia and look outside at two feet of snow, or you can lay on white sand, but as long as you're there, you're still going to be stressed out because the problem is not location. The problem is in your mind. The problem is in your soul. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today, but we're going to go ahead and release this word because it's not about getting away. It's not about escaping. It's about taking his yoke, Jesus' yoke upon us and understanding his yoke is easy and his burden is light and he wants to shoulder some of the things that's leaving us empty. I'm all for vacation. I love it. I like to get away. All those things are true. But have you ever gone away and you came back and you were just as worn out as you were before you left? See, it wasn't sleep you needed. It wasn't not going into work that you needed. Some of us, we're carrying weights, and it's not a physical demands. It's resentment. It's shame. It's regret. It's financial struggles. It's health issues. All these things that's weighing on our minds that's robbing us of the rest that we need, and the result is... We're living life empty. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, say, say thank you to the Lord for being so good, for always being so loving and kind. You say, that's an odd verse to read right now. It, it is a little odd, but you know what the healthiest emotion is that doctors have even proven? Gratitude. The healthiest of all emotions is gratitude. Yet, yeah, but if we spent... I don't know. I ain't going to say like seven. If we spent seven minutes with you, we would hear a lot of complaining, and we would hear nothing about being thankful. What if we changed that this week, if you're empty, and, said, and, and we said to ourselves, instead of complaining about all the stuff that's not right and all the things that I don't have in life, I'm going to start thanking and praising God for all the things I do have. It's the healthiest emotion. Some of y'all are like, bless God. I don't feel like being thankful. All right, stay empty. Number three, learn to trust. Learn to trust. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, he says, learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. So the third thing Jesus says as it relates to stress management, feeling empty, being overloaded, he said, I want you to learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. Now, this is significant. He said, I want you to learn from me because I'm gentle and I'm humble. How many know Jesus was both gentle and humble? And, and what he is showing us here is that he modeled some things that you and I need. Jesus operated in a way that you and I should operate. See, the third step in living the full life, in relieving stress, is to follow Jesus' model, to watch how he did it and replicate what he did. And, and, and it's important because Jesus had the weight of the world on his shoulders, yet he had peace. He, he had the, the sin of the world placed on him, and he knew that his day was coming, yet 
He had peace. He was rested. He was spiritually in tune with God. And he says the word, he said, I want you to learn of me. Learn is not something that happens overnight. You don't wake up, or you're not born brilliant. How many of you better read some books? You better learn something along the way. Jesus said, I want you to learn from me, which, which, which is an indicator that this is a process. That the way you have learned how to live under pressure, Jesus says, I want you to learn how to live in my peace. I, I want you to learn. This is not like get the oil out and pour it over your head and now all you got nothing but peace in your world. You're going to have to every single day decide that today I'm not carrying the way. Today I'm, I'm yoked up with Jesus. I don't have to carry this by myself. He is humble. He is gentle. Listen, and, and, and being humble and gentle are two things that we all need that we don't recognize we need. And what, what do you mean by that? He said, learn from me, I'm gentle and humble. And I know what some of you, you are thinking. You're thinking, well, if I'm really on overload, if I'm really stressed out, if I'm really empty, then why didn't he say, learn from me and I'll give you more endurance? Learn from me and I'll, I'll give you more stamina. Learn from me, I'll give you confidence. Learn from me, I'll give you. He doesn't say any of that. He says, learn from me, I am gentle and I am humble. And, and the reason being, here it is. The two biggest causes of stress in your life are arrogance and aggression. The two biggest causes of all the stress in your life can be boiled down to arrogance and aggression. I know you're not saying, praise the Lord, that's good. <laughs> what do we mean by aggression? Let's look at aggression first. Aggression is when we do things too quickly. It's when we don't wait, we don't ponder, we don't delay, we don't really pray about it. We jump right in with both feet. In this nation, we're taught to be aggressive, that if you're going to have anything in life, go get it. And, and I understand that mentality to some degree, but we, we have this mentality, the early bird gets the worm, right? Like, I, if it's going to happen, I'm going to have to make it happen. So I'm going to jump in and make it happen. And when we do that without pausing, delaying, praying, all those things, we get overcommitted. I'm sure none of you have ever done that. It's just a problem I've had. But you, you've gotten yourself into more things than you could possibly get yourself out of. All because you're too aggressive, you're always saying yes. And here's what I've learned about that. It's always easier to get in than it is to get out. It, it, it's easier to commit than to fulfill. It's easier to fill my schedule than it is to fulfill my schedule. And so we sign up with an aggressive mindset that says, nothing's happening, I'm going to make it happen. Second thing is arrogance. Arrogance is the whole idea of trying it goes back to our second point. Arrogance is when you try to control everything. I'm going to control everything. I know what's best for me, so I'm going to control my life. Usually those people are also the same people that will say, I know what's best for you. Listen to me, bless God. Your life will be better. No, you got issues. Not everybody's asking for your opinion. Some of us were acting like Superman. Sorry, ladies. Wonder Woman. 
The two things we don't think we need in life are the two things that cause stress to go down, and that's humility and gentleness. If you work simply on being gentle and humble, just those two things for the rest of your life, you would not live a stressed out life. We don't want to hear that because that's, it goes against control and being in charge and I'm the boss. You got to let go of it. The reason why Jesus wasn't stressed out is because he only did what he saw his father doing. He says 12 times in the book of John, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what my father is saying. I'm only going to go where my father tells me to go. Man, what, what kind of life would we live if we simply were okay with what God had asked us to do and not all the other garbage that we're stressed out about? We've tried everything. Nothing's worked. Yet Jesus gives us this invitation. As the worship team comes back, I want you to look at Galatians 5.25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Our lives get in step with God by letting Him set the pace. How do I really learn to trust God? How do I learn this? And this is going to sound, I know some of y'all are like, man, this feels like kids. It's so simple. But you'd be surprised at how many people don't take God up on the simple. How is my faith going to grow so that I can come to him, let go of control, trust him, all the things you just preached? How am I going to, how is my faith going to get there? It's only going to come through God's word. You have, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you're not on a daily Bible reading plan, you need to get on one. If you're not, listen, it, you can take out all the wrong stuff, but how many know at some point you've got to start putting in the right stuff? Listen, the tomb is empty so that you can live the full life. Jesus came to give us life, to give it to us more abundantly. Next week, I'm going to talk to you on Easter weekend about revitalizing your entire life. How many know that's what Jesus can do for a person? He wants to do that for us. But we have to work with him in the process. We, we got to unlearn some stuff and learn some new things. And, and I thought about this. I thought about all the invitations we get in life. We get invitations to weddings. We get invitations to birthday parties. We may even get an invitation to church. All those are, are good things, but you're never going to get an invitation like this one. And you're never going to get an invitation like the one Jesus wants to give and what it will do for your life. Because Jesus' words, he says, I want you to just close your eyes. Close your, I want you to hear this with your eyes closed. This is his invitation. Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is, not, is light. That's his invitation. So what is it that you carried into this place today? Is it relationship issues, health problems, financial struggles? What is it that you carried into this place today that has left you empty? Jesus says, I'm, I'm giving you an invitation to come to me. I'm going to give you rest, 
and I'm going to fill your life with my, my presence, my goodness, my grace, all the things that, that only God can do. How many could use a little infusion of the Holy Spirit in your life so that your gas tank can move from empty to full? How many could use a little bit of that in this Easter season? I want you to stand to your feet all over this place. And this next part, we do this every week. This is nothing new, but the greatest thing that weighs a person down is their separation from God. Man, if you're in this place and don't know Jesus, I'm sure life is heavy. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. Like, it's very clear that if we don't know Jesus, life gets heavy. Life gets tough. So every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I want to speak to those that are not in relationship with Jesus. Do you want to respond to his invitation to come to him? If you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, I'm not going to prolong this, but I just want to ask it, throw it out there. And if that's you, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that is me, Pastor. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Thank you for this hand in the middle. God bless you. Thank you for that one online as well. Come on, who am, I, who am I talking to? Who needs to make Jesus? Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you for this hand on the end. God bless you, sir. Another one over here. God bless you on the end. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Here's what I believe is going to happen as we pray. Listen, sin, shame, and guilt makes us feel a million miles away from God and it makes us feel spiritually speaking extremely heavy but when we pray this prayer because it's not just a prayer Jesus is literally coming into your heart the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is getting ready to enter into your life what's about to happen in this moment it's not even going to make sense but all the weight you carried in you're not carrying out in the name of Jesus your, your, your load is going to be a whole lot lighter on your way home I want every voice lifted. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. Jesus, today, I'm asking you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm choosing to turn away from sin, and I'm running to you. Thank you, Jesus for saving me. Amen. Come on, let's give him a big cheer. All the Amen. Thank you for being here for Palm Sunday. Our prayer team and staff's coming forward. We're going to do one more song. Don't leave this place without receiving prayer. We would love to pray with you and for you. One more time, can we give it up for all those hands that went up to receive Jesus? Take just a moment. If you prayed that prayer, there's a connect card in the seat back in front of you. If you would take a moment just to jot your name down that you made a decision for Christ, you can leave that in your seat today. Our team will come by and get it. We would just love to pray with you and help you take your next step. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you today. Bethesda, let all our guests know that you appreciate them being here today.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.